Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. This is episode 79, and I'm your host, Chris Sands, all the way from Prince Frederick, Maryland, for our first episode, which feels like in forever in studio and live thankfully we didn't have to go anywhere you get to listen to this at in all of my mistakes in real time um molly's brewery came to visit us and we have co-founder and owner cindy mulligan and doug sampson and i'm gonna let him say what he is because he, <laughs> he gave me a complicated line of uh different ideas so I went with resident bearded man, um, <laughs> but we'll let him say what he does. Um, so I am the assistant brewer, um, and I handle pretty much all of our um, pilot system batches. Um, and Jason and myself put our heads together on turning those small batches into big batches. Um, and as of last year, I um, became a minority owner, partner with the company so he makes good beer and he has a beard so that, that yeah, pretty much qualifies so, him right so you kept him around <laughs> and, and now they can't make me leave so. <laughs> <laughs> all right so cindy not only are you co-founder co-owner but you're also now the acting president of the brewers association of maryland i am yes so i would say you're fairly vested in the craft beer in maryland yeah it's, it's gonna be hard getting rid of me um it when molly started uh, just kind of a spectator as uh, the, the whole Brewers Association of Maryland and, and the meetings. And it was kind of the, the forefathers of, of Maryland beer that were running things. And this past year, they, they wanted to kind of shake it up a little bit, get more people involved, get a, a, a wider, diverse group from different classes of breweries and also different regions as well. So uh, I got on the, the board, I voted onto the board, and a Basically, it's the board itself that determines who has which roles within the, the board. And I was uh, lucky enough or unlucky enough, I don't know, we'll, we'll say <laughs> that'll be determined um, to, to be president this year. All right, so let's, um, let's get your background. What, okay. were, what were you doing before you started Molly's? Um, I have a, a business degree, was in sales and marketing, and... Um, Jason and I started as home brewers and just really kind of fell in love with the whole brewing process, the different styles of beers, how diverse beer can be. And even among the beer styles themselves, everybody's going to have their own little unique take on it. So it's, it's a, a really cool industry. And we'd go around and we'd visit other breweries, but that's when we noticed down in Southern Maryland there really weren't any any breweries. So we, we thought it could be an opportunity. We did a lot of research um, and uh, uh, kind of came up with a game plan, a business plan. And Jason went out to Siebel to get a formal brewing education to learn learn all the science behind brewing. And then we just took a leap of faith. So we, we just had regular everyday jobs with, with home brewing as, as our passion and then took it to that next step to start the brewery. We just let's just sink a bunch of money into a bunch of stainless steel and some <laughs> property and yeah, we, take a uh, go at it. We we basically cashed in our life savings, our, our retirement four hundred one k, and I think what really helped us make that leap is um, we have a really good support network with with his parents and my parents, and and we figured you know what worst case scenario we'd uh, We'd be a complete failure. We'd lose everything, and we'd just have to live with one of our parents for a few years. But hopefully, we're we're young enough that that we can recoup the losses. So, but uh, at least from my observation and the um, taste of your beer, I don't think you're gonna have that problem. Well, thank you. Thanks. So, I have a hunch where the name Molly's Brewery came from, <laughs> um, but I'll just let you tell us. So, uh, our last name is Mulliken, uh, family business, and and. Mully is kind of a, a nickname, so we, we named the, the business after our family, but not so much so that the school teachers know exactly who they are. <laughs> <laughs> that can help them, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, depending, depending on the teacher, right. you, definitely, you definitely want to um, 
be on the good side of the students whose parents own the local brewery. <laughs> no, the the teachers have found out and they've all been supportive and ask for growlers uh, for uh, instead of apples. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring six pack. <laughs> so when did Molly's open? We opened our doors in October 2013. So in the um. The first few years, were you pretty much just local? Like you, we, you we were. Um, when we were in the planning and opening stages, the, the state law at the time was the only thing you'd do in a tap room was the taster flights. You couldn't have any pints while you were sitting around or anything. So uh, we, we had our business plan kind of developed on that. We did have a local distribution because that was really the, the main way we were going to get our name and beer out there. But as the laws have evolved and, and we've had to get some, some local uh, zoning structure um, redistrict a little bit and uh, we've been able to do a little bit more fun stuff in-house and, and be a little bit more experimental and, and when we felt confident in uh, the, the production and, and the quality of the beer, we started expanding our distribution. But, but we wanted to take it slow and steady. We didn't want to blanket the whole state and not be able to keep up in d with demand so we're, we're just taking it baby steps at a time yeah because it and it, it could just be my perception and just that i often stay in frederick for long periods of time and don't venture out um it's a good place but to be. it seems like you you guys had a sudden rapid uh, if not growth but at least exposure to your brand you've become much more well known mm -hmm. recently yeah, a lot of people don't know where Southern Maryland is. Um, <laughs> yeah. It is is on the side of the bay. It's not on the eastern shore. But th there is a whole wonderful part of Maryland uh, down in Southern Maryland. I think a lot of it was we had uh, worked out a few kinks internally. Um, we had improved the quality and um, were ready to start expanding and, and ramping up production. And then Doug came in with some fresh ideas. And he and Jason, you know, th they're great because they can – bounce ideas off each other and, and they both do a lot of research and homework and and work together and brainstorm and I think all of those things coming together our, our beer has been getting out more and, and getting a little bit more uh, well noticed. Now do you try to follow the trends or are you just making like if you have something and you like the taste of it that's what you decide you're going to make? A little of both. Um, I I mean, I, I like all beer, so I mean, so it's easy to just come up with something crazy in my head and hey, I'm gonna try and run with this. But on the other hand, I stay in all the beer, you know, groups on Facebook and whatnot, and I, I see what people want, and I'm like, well, we might as well make what they want. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna get a line if I'm brewing something that they don't want. Um, and right now, if everybody wants hazy beer, they want sour beer, they want crazy flavored imperial stouts, and uh, and I'm perfectly happy to make all those. Um, we do like to make, uh, you know, traditional stuff, um, keep on the tap room. And a lot of our older local uh, customers, they like it when they see an English brown or a porter or something on there. They're still great beers, but I'm not going to get people to stand in line and buy 16-ounce cans of them. So it's a, it's a, it's a toss. You know, it's a double-edged sword. So I, I, at least, once again, from my perception, it seems like – what really put you guys on the map was hazy too lazy or hazy not lazy sorry mm -hmm. right mixing up the names of all of all your iterations of it <laughs> it's been called um, it's been called many things <laughs> <laughs> so ha hazy not lazy is the proper name mm -hmm. right um it, was that the first beer that probably i guess yeah gave you the hype right uh, it was actually um i didn't even uh i didn't even really work there yet i wasn't a owner and I was helping out a little bit, and um, I came up with this crazy recipe for my 50th birthday. And so Cindy allowed me to brew it on the pilot system, and it was a hit. Um, she also said it was the most expensive beer ever made in the house <laughs> at Molly's in all the years they've been There's open. still a business aspect. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so uh, we did a few uh, variations of it in-house only, uh, and it was a hit. It sold out, you know, immediately. So... Jason said, we can, you know, we're going to have to scale this up and do a can release. Um, and then wasn't long after that that we switched to mobile canning, um, got rid of the bottles, 
and it was almost like boom, 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 one thing after another, and it was they were all meant to be, and it worked out well. It's pretty good, so and just bigger and better things. Um, Hazy three will be out next Saturday. It'll get canned next Thursday, um, and uh, I wish I could have brought a sample. It's amazing. So what has um, what has been your most popular of the of the releases? Hey, like you guys sold out of Hazy Two almost instantly. I like, would say I, Hazy Two went the fastest <laughs> because it did go to some other places as well. Okay. Um, the original one went out pretty quick too, but um, I'm expecting. Uh, and I'm also, expe- people are starting, like you said, starting the to get name, familiar with our name a little bit more and looking for it ahead of time. So it it the more we do, the 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 quicker and easier it is to sell. Get our beer out there. Yep. Fruit art was pretty. Went yeah, pretty quick too. that went pretty fast. That, there was only like two four packs left of the Berliner, so that's why I grabbed one. So. Which I thank you, <laughs> and I think sure. that's probably what we should try next. <laughs> so, I, I think you're right. <laughs> um, but let, let's uh, so this was hazy two that right. we just finished drinking, and it was seven weeks old, and yep. it's still. I mean, I have no idea what it tasted fresh because I, I was a little slow on the uh, getting to. Um, the local beer store to pick some up um but for a hazy ipa it was amazing that did there wasn't sludge in the can (laughs) there was there's probably a little bit of yeast in the bottom of the can but i mean that's normal and it's gonna happen actually no there's not and it but it it still poured clear it tasted fresh Uh, and i um definitely commend you on that it it was very remarkably shelf stable for what is always and it, and it's been in the cold box unstable. since the day it was canned so it's that helps a it lot didn't yeah. have to sit on a warm store shelf so it's been held at 33 degrees 34 degrees the whole time so that helps and that that actually is proof that craft beer needs to be kept in a refrigerator yeah. <laughs> so i i'm glad you found this uh sitting around and it was stashed away because i'm I was very glad to try that. Hoping that guy doesn't show up this um, weekend to yeah, well, pick up his pre-sale. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, dude. You waited too long. It was uh, no good. We had to drain pour yeah. it. Um, so I think now would be a good time to try Fruit Art, um, which is the other uh, very popular style going on. Fruited Sours or mm-hmm. Fruited Berliner Weisses. Yes. Um so while I pour this, what one thing I'm curious about, so since you had been around for so long making classic styles and that's what your local fans were used to, mm-hmm. how how does the breakdown of what you're selling look like? Are you still selling way more of your classical styles or has the newer, more pot the at least internet popular um, <laughs> styles are because I'm always curious about that. Is it is it like the Instagram, Facebook echo chamber that makes this seem so much more popular than it is? Like that it's just a tiny subset of craft beer? Or do you see it as being a large portion of your sales also? She she would know the numbers, but I I, I think I think that a lot of our older customers that have been around for a long time, I see them drinking more of the line lifestyle beers than I would have thought. And I think their their palates are getting more well-rounded as they've been in, in our you know tap room for these years. And I think they're enjoying the new beers as much as they enjoy the old beers. Um, but Cindy knows the real numbers. Yeah, I think um, it's a little bit of both. I think uh, we are you know educating a lot of people down there. Um, I was surprised at how well received the fruit art was locally um they didn't really take me i I didn't really think sours were were a big draw but people are absolutely loving them um especially people a lot of our customers that come in that they say they aren't typically beer drinkers um that they're loving that beer so it's just having a, a good diverse set of beer for you know something for everybody that that's what we're looking for and you went full on sour. That so um, in Teenum Brewery in Hagerstown, um, <clears throat> with the first Berliner Weiss they made, um, Daniel had said like they he wanted to tiptoe into mm-hmm. it because his 
uh, he didn't think the people who are regulars for the tap room would enjoy like a full on mm-hmm. sour beer. Yep. So he didn't want to shock their system. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, like wanted to ease them into the, the, um, <clears throat> into sours. Um, so this is really nice. And it, so it, it, it was well received even with your, mm-hmm. that's. And we were able to do again, I, we think we did three, three batches on the pilot system right. to hone it in and get it perfect before we scaled it up and did it on the bit and everybody loved it so we're like okay we'll go ahead and pull that ph way down low in the kettle and it'll be sour so yeah i yeah. think um it being beautiful also probably helps a lot yeah, it's a the cool color, color is amazing it, yeah you, you hold it up to the light and it like glows yeah. <laughs> yeah this one has raspberry blackberry and blueberries in it so is the plan to make this a whole series of doing different, different fruits, fruits with it yes so, What's the next one? That I don't know. If we, <laughs> to be determined. Should, give me an idea. Maybe we'll run with it. I, I, I would put mango in everything, so okay. I okay. would suggest mango. Mango <laughs> and pineapple? That, mango I, and that would be great. Well, you already hear, folks. He has to make it now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, who... Um, Actually, first, let's take a quick second. Actually, it'll be a little longer in a second to thank Roast House Pub for their support. Um, re- have you guys ever been to Roast House Pub? Going there uh, today. I, yeah. So you you will experience how great it is. They have a lot of. Um, I just looked at the their tap lineup in Digital Pour, and they mm-hmm. have a lot of great beer on tap right great. now, and always have amazing food. Um, and today, they have the East Coast. East Coast Hot Project beers from Flying Dog for four dollars a uh, pour. Cool. Which also, if you're listening live tonight in your local, listening live now tonight, I'll be at Flying Dog hosting the um, East Coast Hot Project information panel with the hop farmers and the gentlemen from the University of Maryland Extension that will be talking about the local hops that were used in those three beers. Um, on April 18th is the Bell's Brewery Tappening, where they'll have five beers on tap from 5 p.m. to close. Then April 24th will be the Black Flag Beer Dinner, and that's what you need to talk to Nico about because his beer dinners mm-hmm. are amazing. Awesome. I say it all the time because it is 100% true. So you guys got to talk to him about doing a Molly's Brewery Beer Dinner. Awesome. Cool. <clears throat> so once again, Nico and... Everyone else at the Roast House Pub, thank you for your support. Cheers. Yeah. Um, so where who does your artwork? Because um, th- there's a wide, definitely a wide range of, <laughs> of uh, on your labeling artwork. There's a def- there, there's not one definite theme to them. They you have very different types. For the most part, Jason does the the graphic artwork. We we have them be unique, but then also have some similarities. Like we always have the name um, with the the band around the arc at the top of the can, the Maryland flag, the Calvert County flag. Yeah, I like how you have the Maryland flag sneaking out. Mm-hmm. But then uh, we have hired an artist for a couple of our specialty beers that have drawn the the label from scratch. The first one was the role for initiative, um, and the uh, second one was for Maryland Day. It was Ark and Dove, and, and he drew those. And he's drawing the, the next one, uh, which will be Perception, Perception check. check. And that's – I just got the proof, and it's that's absolutely incredible. I'll show it to you later. It's beautiful. That That's also <laughs> that's a part of the um, – That's his artwork. <laughs> so he drew that by, from scratch. That's cool. So that's for the Maryland Day called the Ark and Dove. <clears throat> and that was the, uh, the, the, the first two boats that came and, and settled Maryland. So. Oh, cool. I did, when I saw the name of that, I was wondering. Like, mm-hmm. what, it was what for Maryland mean, Day. And, and so they, they landed in St. Mary's yeah. County, so it's a whole Southern Maryland reference as well. History lesson. We're making history fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might have done better in history if. Uh, and there was probably there was some involved. Yes. <laughs> there was, I, I would venture to say there was probably some ale on those ships when they came over too. I, I think that would probably be a safe bet. <laughs> so, Doug, how did you get to where you are now? How did I get to where I am now? So, I've 
been uh, I've homebrewed since about 2001, so about 16, 17 years. Um, I was always bringing, I mean, I loved hanging out with them guys or liked their beer. Place was cool, hang spot. Uh, always bringing my beers down. Um, they always liked them. They always thought they were good. Um, uh, there was another gentleman that um, helped on the pilot system before myself that um, kind of moved out of the area. And so there was a vacancy. Um, and after all the years of hanging around, uh, uh, one thing led to another. And we got a new pilot system. And um, then I decided I wanted to be, you know, a little have a little piece of the pie here. And I think this place is going to, you know, go somewhere one day. And I want to be a part of it. So uh, that's kind of where we're at now. And I just want to see it get uh, bigger and better and give everybody all the great beer that they want. <laughs> Uh, so, um, I think you you would put it this way that a lot of people don't know Southern Maryland exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I couldn't remember because someone else has said that to me too when they were talking. Because <laughs> it was when um, I had first had um, Hazy Not Lazy, and mm-hmm. I was talking to them about, and they were like, "Well, for most people, Southern Maryland is just some place down there that no one knows about." Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, do you, are there many other places near you that? So there are a total of, I think, six breweries in Calvert County um, and I think five or six wineries as well. There's a distillery right over in Charles County and down in St. Mary's County. So the uh, there's actually a brochure that's coming out right about now that has a whole map for the state of Maryland that has all the breweries, wineries, and distilleries. So you can definitely take a whole, whole trail down there. Uh, we have a... Brew house, Ruddy Duck, that's down towards Solomon's. And Solomon's is a cool place to, to hang out in the summertime. Uh, we have Scorpion Brewing. Uh, Calvert Brewing um, is affiliated with Running Hair Winery, and they serve both wine and beer at their their farm, which is about a mile from Mully's. So a lot of people hit both, both destinations. And we have a couple other breweries that that got a exception to work out of their house so they usually just have theirs on tap at some of the local establishments okay have you noticed an an uptick in visitors from out of town or have you always have you always had that or has there just been like a huge influx we're always getting first-time visitors um even you know coming up on five years we're still getting new people and i think just recently with the expanded distribution and the um, recognition from these specialty beers uh, we are getting people coming down a little bit more from Baltimore from from Western Maryland so we're and we're not that far people think we're in the middle of nowhere but <laughs> that's again yeah, when I when I looked up on Google Max I was I was actually surprised how it, how close it was yeah I think from the center of Baltimore it's only 66 miles so like Eastern Shore is like 87 miles, you know, so it's it's, yeah. it's not that far. People think it's forever, but... Uh, I mean, if you find something else to do while you're down there, there's a lot of hiking, nature trails, people bring dogs. Um, you can search for, for shark teeth on down, the beaches. down in Calvert oh, County. Cool. It's, yeah, it's pretty neat. As long as they've already fallen out of the shark. That's a yeah, thing, that's, that's, that's preferred. That's a thing to find. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how large of a tap room do you have? It's not that big. Okay. Uh, again, because at the time, when in our planning stages, the only thing you could do was a, a sampler flight. So we didn't really expect people to hang out that long because it doesn't take you that long to go through a sampler. So a, yeah, basically, a flight and grab a growler yeah. to go. But now that we can do pints all the time, it's. Um, but we've expanded <clears throat> into the warehouse. Um, we have some tables set up there, which is kind of cool too because you get to sit mm-hmm. and be right next to the equipment we have a little outside patio yeah i feel like it was um five years ago was a tough time to open a brewery in in maryland because if you look around everyone who opened in that time frame has a very tiny tap room Mm -hmm. because after a long fight you were just finally allowed to uh do tastings and sell growlers and so i guess there wasn't that mindset that the tap room was a place that people were going to come and hang out and have several pints or Mm -hmm. throughout the night so like you go around everywhere you look like there's just these breweries that have been a while for around for a while and are big breweries Mm -hmm. and producing a lot of beer but 
their tap rooms aren't large enough for the amount of people that want to come there. Right. It's it's definitely packed in there sometimes on a Friday or a Saturday. Um, and I used to be able to mingle around in there with everybody and hang out and have a beer with them. And now I feel like I have to go hide in a corner somewhere because I'm taking <laughs> up space that a customer could, you know, you, you can't get a spot at the bar and standing room only. Uh, it is cool having them in the brew house, though. I like that in the warehouse area, we want to call it. Um, and usually on Sundays, I'm doing a pilot batch and I'm usually finishing up right about when we start to get busy. So people get to come by and smell it in the air and see what I'm doing, taste the spent grain. Uh, I mean, it's just a... They really are, they're like amazed at how it works, you know? And so it's, it's, it's really cool to have them so close and up front with you. So that's, it's, do you still get um, a lot of people coming in that don't know much about craft beer? Like what is the percentage of like craft beer enthusiasts to um, people who just are stopping by or are still just learning about the it's still industry. a mix i think um at the be the beginning you got nothing but craft beer fans because you're on their radar yeah. um so the, the, they're definitely going to be the first people that come out but we, we host a lot of private events so you're you're still getting a lot of people that have never been there before they're coming for the event not necessarily for the beer so uh, it, it's still educating a lot of people again you need kind of those those gateway beers to that aren't you know, you're, you're not going to give someone that's not a big beer drinker a, a double IPA. That, I mean, you could. It would be fun to watch the reaction. Oh, we have. Yeah, <laughs> it is fun. Um, but it's it doesn't do craft beer service. So it's. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, any education creates understanding and appreciation. And then that's our end goal. And, and we're still, like I said, we're getting new people all the time. And it's at least once a weekend we're, we're visit, have someone to come in that we're, we're teaching them about the different styles of beer. And I would say I've noticed some middle of the road, let's say craft beer drinker that's relatively new into it. They know what they like. They, they tef- definitely tell you that, oh, they don't want anything bitter. They don't like an IPA. And I was like, well, try this hazy too, or try this Ark and Dove. And they're like, well, that doesn't taste like an IPA. I can drink that, you know? And it's amazing to see them light up like, okay, well, I've been I thought they were all bitter. They were all yeah. harsh. And I'm like, no, it's not like that anymore. I mean, also, we can we can still make that beer, and there's some people that still want that traditional mm-hmm. West Coast style beer. Um, but I think they're all they're all changing. Even the West Coast styles are becoming a little more soft, not yeah. not so bitter on the back end, more hop forward. It's cool to watch the evolution too, because we've had. Um, uh, regular customers that all they would have is like a blonde or a light ale. Then they slowly gravitated toward a pale ale, and yep. now the the IPAs and the the New England IPAs, and and it's your your palate's always evol- evolving. So it's it's cool to watch. It's funny. I had gone so long with only having um, Blender Vices or other type of sour beers and hazy New England style IPAs. That again, and then I had just a regular old West Coast bitter IPA the other day. I forgot how much I loved them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like I need to return back to your classics every once in a while to just to cleanse the palate. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. it really does. Be- beer that you can see through still tastes good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what was Ark and Dove again? That was a what style was that? That's an any IPA. Okay, um, just a single. Um, that was a collaboration with Downtown Crown, Crown. for their Mar- in honor of their Maryland Day. Um, it was only available through Molly's and, and Downtown Crown. So that one has different hops that we use, and also a different yeast strain than than the hazy beers. That is a great aroma too. Yeah, that was, um, was that Denali and Azaka. Oh yeah, hops, and not as much. It's not hopped up as heavily as the hazy series. Um, and the alcohol level was lower. Um, still had a really great aroma. It, what I got everybody talking about this one was that how crushable it was. I had friends that were going through four pack after four pack because they said I was drinking four or five, six of them every night. <laughs> that would just knock me out. I have um, a surprisingly <coughs> low um, tolerance, considering how often I spend time <laughs> drinking beer i guess it's just because i i spend a lot of time drinking it uh, a few ounces at a time right. instead of so the 
how many different hazy IPAs have you done at this point? Well, four, five. Four, five, yeah, we're trying to keep them in a series. Yeah. We have the the hazy, not lazy, hazy two, and hazy three have um, similar grain bill, uh, different hops, but they all have the same yeast strain. Okay. And we've done. Um, we wanted to have a separate uh, kind of series with. We call it the gamer series, the roll for initiative and perception check, um, with uh, perception check coming out real soon. And again, both of those, like I said, were with the artist that drew uh, the label from scratch. But we, the that was specifically for Maryland Day. We've got a couple uh, dry hop blondes. Yeah, the Galaxy Queen mm-hmm. was just, it wasn't intended to be hazy. It had a hazy grain bill, but we didn't use a hazy style yeast in it. So it had a little cloudiness to it. Probably about what this is right now. This is a few weeks old. Um, it was probably like this to start and then within a few weeks of sitting it it had gotten clear um but the flavor was still great and it had obviously had galaxy hops in it so it had to be it had to be good yeah Yeah. uh and it also had a a crisper finish because of the yeast strain as well yep i wonder if anyone's made a bad beer with galaxy hops like it doesn't shame on them if they did it it, it almost (laughs) seems like it's not possible it's and for how much they cost, yes. it's a good thing that, that they, they <laughs> that they taste so wonderful. They're yeah. not going to talk about it if they do. They're just yeah. going to cry. Yeah, because that would be a lot of money dumped down the <laughs> drain. <laughs> so Graham keeps looking like he wants to say something or get someone's attention, but did <laughs> all right. Now that I got because it was very distracting. Um, what what size? Gonna move over. Yeah, just pretend you like each other. <laughs> what um what size brew house do you have? Uh, Fifteen barrel uh, main brew house and the pilot system uh, can do two barrels. I normally do a barrel at a time because my grain bills are so big, but I could do a small two barrel. So we'll call it that. So how difficult is it to scale up from that one barrel to fifteen? It, or is it's been relatively easy scaling up from one barrel to fifteen? Um, it's just been a pretty much math multiplication okay. i mean it's it's worked well let's put it that way i don't know that it would have been a, maybe it wouldn't have been as easy if we had a three barrel system that i was working on but um so far they've been really close to what i started with um as a matter of fact there's one brewing now um that i let jason taste that yesterday and he said hey i need a recipe for such and such he says if this turns out that could be it you know and that's i'm like okay so that and that's going to have galaxy Mandarina, Bavaria, and Motuika hops in it. Um, and it already smells, tastes like orange juice. So I figured it's going to, it's going to be a hit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, um, what, what is your favorite beer that you make or have made if it's not a regular? Mm, I mean, my favorite beer to make is, are the, the hazy, but I really believe it or not, I really enjoy, um, brewing some stouts on the small system. Um, they're always received well. They uh, they always turn out nice. Um, not as finicky. Uh, don't have as many steps. Uh, there's believe it or not, people think the hazy IPAs are easy to make. There's more work involved um, on brew day. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> and cellaring. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dry hops. A lot of dry hops. <laughs> yeah, a lot of work goes into them. So Cindy, what's your favorite Molly's beer? Um, I like the hops. I think for an everyday beer, I go for our, our Jack Straw IPA. Um, as a business owner, I like our Shucker Stout the best because it's the least expensive to make. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I definitely enjoy these these hazies, um, hazy beers. Again, like you, I kind of like a little bit more of that bite, little dankness with the, the West Coast style IPAs. Um, but these... I think at the end of the day, it's good to, to change it all up. I think after cutting cutting the grass, I can down a blood orange blonde real easy. So it, it depends on the day. Um, I'm big on food with beer, so the, the beer dinners are, are huge. It, it it really shows you how beer and food complement each other, so I'll, that has a big effect on it as well. But if I'm just grabbing a beer out of the fridge, it's usually an IPA. Yeah, I remember the first time I did any kind of a beer pairing thing. It was a cheese and beer mm-hmm. at Flying Dog. And it was a pairing of two, a beer that I didn't like and a cheese that I didn't like. And I wasn't even going to try it. 
but it, like together it was amazing mm-hmm. is it I, I agree 100 percent it mm-hmm. the 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 two flavors combined together and the textures it's just a completely different experience absolutely and we've done beer dinners at the brewery um a few times throughout the year we we partner with a local chef we do a four course meal um those unfortunately as as we add more equipment are are getting harder to do because we do it in the warehouse okay Uh, so so space is definitely getting more limited on those but it's again those are the type of events where people usually come as a couple or a group and a couple of them might be beer fans but the other ones aren't so that's where the education comes in and i think a beer dinner is an excellent way for someone to try different types of beer with food to really kind of take those baby steps into how diverse beer can be what is your favorite maryland made non-molly's beer <clears throat> that's a hard one there's a lot of good beer being made in uh in maryland right now um if we're talking not one-off specialties just kind of everyday flagships um Union Duck Pin's a good one. Uh, big fan of that one. It's been a popular answer. I, I think uh, for Jason, what really kind of inspired him and, and what he fell in love with was Heavy Seas Loose Cannon. And uh, definitely appreciate that that style a lot as well. Um, but there's, a, like I said, a lot of good beer being made right now. All right, Doug, yeah. you've had time to think. What's yours? <laughs> well, she took. My, I was going to say Double Duck Pin, but okay. I know that's not an everyday shelf beer but it does come out it's what do they what do they do it two three times a year yeah and i don't know what the interval i think it's just whenever they when do they feel yeah. like it <laughs> yeah so that was one of my sure I, I would always me. um i would always grab that um if i saw it um when it was fresh um and uh the same thing with loose cannon that used to be a go-to so that's but there's a lot of uh, breweries and brew pubs that don't have their their beer out to distribution that we just haven't even tried either. So that's yeah. that's a new evolving thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the most ridiculous review review you've ever received? Well, we just got a bad one about our can label, so that that hurts a little bit. But um, <laughs> I think someone was mad. This was early on um, that we ran out of beer. And they gave us a, a very bad review based on that because, you know, we're, we're new. We're learning. Yeah. We had a, a small batch, limited amount, and we were doing growler fills. So, of course, we ran out of beer very quickly, and, and they were upset about that and gave us, like, a one-star. Kind of had some people that don't know. People on Untapped <laughs> that, don't, that don't like a particular style don't rate it if you don't like yeah. the style i mean the first i think someone gave fruit art like a one and their their comment was just no and i'm like <laughs> okay well you don't like sours don't that mean you have to slam the beer uh look at what everybody else is rating it and that would give you a general idea how the quality of the beer um if i drink a style that i wait a minute that's not going to work there's no style i don't like um <laughs> if if there was a beer that, uh, that i wasn't my favorite style um, but I, but it was well made. I would rate it according to how it was made, but, but I don't think people understand that because most of them aren't making the beer. So well, they just, they just know I don't like the taste of it. Yeah. And then there's definitely people that, um, have their own scale that sure. they go off of. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, a friend of mine was recently talking about a beer he read a review on where like it was a glowing written review about it, like how great it was and and they gave it like a 3.25 or something. He's like, you just gave it a D. You right. just raved about how great it was, but you gave it a D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't understand. You can scroll through and see 4.5, 4.5, 4.75, 4.25, 4, and then someone gives it a 3.5. Well, what, what happened? I mean, yeah. they, they just don't like the, the – they really didn't like the beer? Or they just don't like that style of beer? You know, I don't – I haven't quite figured that one out yet. I won't slam anybody on a style I don't like as long you know as long as they did their job. So, do you look to untapped at all for feedback, or do you feel like there's just so much noise? And he does. I don't that look at it. She doesn't look at it. I, I look at it because I I use it. Yeah. Um, and and you can tell the 
the gen- even if the overall score uh, might not be what you as high as you would like to see it, the general trend of the more knowledgeable beer drinkers, I'll take what they're giving me and I'm like I'll run with it. I'm like okay, this in this group of guys on Facebook, you know, that are in the craft beer group, if they all rated it relatively high and the average guy was a little less, um, I'm fine with that. I, I know that the beer nerds are liking it. Yeah. So um, I recently did a beer with Monoxy Brewing that was um, more or less mango juice, and no. and <laughs> and it was I you know I thought it was delicious because they in Tom Flores the brewmaster you probably know him mm-hmm. he's heavily involved in band yep. um, he is a master at if you describe what you want something to taste like mm-hmm. he can produce it to a T awesome. Um, we used 353 pounds of mango puree in the beer. One of the reviews for it, it received a one, and the person said they couldn't detect mango. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and like, I just want to be like, you should probably go get something checked. Like maybe you have a cold or something because – I mean, whether it's a good beer or not, I don't see how you could not detect mango in it. Mm-hmm. And that's the people. thing. Was that his only complaint? Because what if it's a well-made beer? Uh, no, he had a bunch of complaints about it oh. all over the place. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't look at you, it. You can't make them all happy. Yeah. I, 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 I definitely it, – it's taught me to have some – you know, just don't take it all to heart. It, yeah, for – for how closely I watched the reviews on that beer, I, like I started to really feel bad for brewers, <laughs> like because most of the time I really like right. I'll check in a beer, I won't pay yeah, attention right. to what what anyone else has said about it. But mm-hmm. that, like this one, I kept going on untapped and mm-hmm. reading. I was like, oh, that's great, that's exactly what we were shooting for. What is this person talking about? Right. <laughs> so we, I do that all the time. So now it's less because I realize that not everyone is gonna rate the beer the same as me. It's it's, yeah. the, it's the bottom of the you know it's the bottom line. So. No. Some of the Frederick breweries have hilarious reviews <laughs> that they bring up. And my favorite ever, uh, it's been brought up a bunch of times on this, on Uncap, is Old Mother's, that where it started out with, have you ever been someplace that you just know won't be around a year from now? <laughs> <laughs> and then just went on to systematically tear everything about the place apart. <laughs> mm. So at least you didn't have one of those to talk about. I might have, I don't yeah. look. <laughs> So, as um, the president of BAM, yes, let's talk about the debacle that just took place. Because unless you don't want to, we don't have no. to. Um, no, I think so we're in, in in a good spot. I think um, if anything, there is so much attention on the industry right now. Um, at our last meeting, uh, you were there. It, it was kind of getting the feedback from. Apparently in Annapolis, there's a certain dance that has to happen, and we have to learn what it is if we're going to make change. And, and we have to do the work if we want change. It's, it's not going to happen on its own. So I sent out an email afterwards. I guess taking a step back, brewers don't start breweries for political reasons. So we're not really political experts. We don't that, – that's not where our area of expertise is. But apparently it has to be if, if we're going to – Move if you want to operate in Maryland. Board. Yeah, yeah. So um, we have to learn how to do it. So we have to learn who our senators and delegates are. We have to learn what districts we're in. We have to make sure we're registered to vote. And being an electioneer, we have to go out to these uh, town hall forums and, and uh, uh, go to these fundraisers events and just kind of ask people, you know, what are you going to do for Maryland beer? And, and make them realize that this is an issue that not only affects – the brewers and the breweries but the consumers as well so it's 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 helping um local farms uh with now that the agriculture we're growing more barley we're growing more hops locally brewers are starting to use more local and uh, a lot of brewers donate their their spent grains to to local farms as well so it's a it's a really good um operation that we have going on here we just need to help grow the industry and educate um, the, the legislators as well, because a lot of them, they don't get to know. And, and one thing I learned is when Annapolis is in session, they're only there for 90 days, and they're yeah. getting hit with all these different viewpoints for all these different 
bills, it, it's hard to be heard above the noise. So we have to take this quote unquote off season to really educate them as well and, and get our voices heard. And, and it's, it's a long-term plan. It's not a short-term plan. Yeah, it was, um, I, for, um, Len Foxwell's perception of what happened and then, um, going to that band meeting made me feel much better about the situation than after watching the hearings. Mm-hmm. Um, they were at least nice to you while you testified. I don't think you got attacked at all. <laughs> um, but for the most part, it was just very disheartening watching and listening to the Economic Matters Committee talk to the brewery owners, brewers, and advocates there that were testifying, like how mm-hmm. the way they were treated. It, I think it's just natural reaction if uh, the the brewers are feeling frustrated and they're going to come out, some of them a little bit more aggressive than others. And if you're on the receiving end of it, your natural reaction is good defense. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, again, getting out of the spotlight, um, having a good conversation and and figuring out how we can move forward. Because we can call each other names all day long, but we, we have to figure out a way to move forward. And that's what we need to do in, you know, between now and January. Have you had an opportunity to speak one-on-one with many legislators? Or I, is that where you plan on Some of my local ones, um, apparently a lot of them are kind of, it, it's like after tax season. Accountants take a, a little time off yeah. before they, they come back, you know, into the public. So. After April 9th, a lot of these uh, legislators will, will take some time off, and then May they're going to get back, at, especially being an election year. Yeah. There's a primary in June. They're doing a lot of fundraising. They're doing a lot of events, and, and that's where we need to get out and involved. And and unfortunately, the, these fundraiser events are where they listen a little bit more than, than anywhere else. Have you have you approached any of them? Like, Have you considered having one of those events at your brewery? I wonder if that, that would be a way to – help highlight a little bit since we we've held um we've hosted i would say uh fundraising events for people that are running for office we haven't actually sponsored one ourselves um it's we have a lobbying effort our company that that, that's really kind of helping us learn this dance and and let us know really who the the big heavy hitters are and who we need to who needs to be won over Mm -hmm. who because some people are already on, on our side. I, yeah. I think there's there's definitely progress. The past few years, there's only been one delegate that's been sponsoring all our bills. This past session, we had, I think, over 22 delegates and senators. So it, it is getting more diverse. And, and when I've met with some of them, the fir- and they learned that I'm from a brewery, the, the first thing they, they tell me is which breweries are in their district. So they're aware, and a lot of them are pretty supportive. So there's a pause. There's a light at the end of the tunnel just gonna um, take time so it, to i think re- reiterate the advice you gave or what what people should do is coming up to this election cycle ask if, if someone comes knocking on your door which there's mm-hmm. a very good chance someone will mm-hmm. uh, just ask them what their opinion is on the moving maryland's craft beer industry forward absolutely um, if they don't have a good answer hopefully that'll inspire them to come up with a good answer That's right to, yeah if enough people are asking they know that it's something that people care about yeah and that's the thing they're going to have a canned response for a lot of different issues but probably not breweries and even if they don't have a response at least this is planting the seed and if they do make it you know past the general election and and into into office they're going to remember that and it's an issue that their constituents are concerned about so definitely so it um you are help, hopeful that yeah, um, absolutely. The, the Maryland's craft beer industry will be able to flourish as as uh, well as it can at some in the near future. Yeah, I, again, it, it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, our bills didn't get killed, but they didn't move forward either. So uh, at least the, the Brewers Association of Maryland bills didn't yeah. get killed. So off the record they've said that they want to work with us we just have to take time and figure out how to do it so there's definitely optimism it's going to take time but it's going to take effort too we need everybody's support so So do you guys have anything 
coming up special that you want to talk about? Well, Hazy 3. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a triple IPA uh, that will be coming out next Saturday at the brewery. Um, it's looking like the yields are going to be a little less than we thought because of the insane uh, about seven pounds of hops per barrel. Oh, my goodness. That went in it. <laughs> um, Did you get yelled at for that? But No, that was planned. <laughs> the low yields the y- low yields weren't great, but um, I, I took a sample out of the fermenter last night, and it's... Mm-hmm. It, I did the last dry hop it's, yesterday. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, probably shooting for... I'm going to go on a limb, probably only shooting for 50 cases. Oh, wow. So, yeah, none, that's a very... None... Uh, none... Essentially, none's going to leave the brewery. So don't think you're going to find it at your local store. If you want it, you got to come get it. Um, I'm, we're going to do a pre-sale. It'll probably go up on like Monday, somewhere in that neighborhood. So if you, you just go on our website and get it. Um, I think the next beer after that will be the Perception Check. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was... Um, was Tangerine. That originated from a Tangerine beer I did on the pilot system called Tangerine Dream. And or Tangerine Daydreams, we had to change the name. Somebody already used that name, um, so that's going to be Perception Check. Okay. Um, and uh, we'll be at the Maryland Craft Beer Festival. Yeah. Uh, next month. Yeah, May twelfth. Twelfth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tickets are still available. Uh, VIP sold out. Yeah. But general admission are still available. Yep. It's always a great time, even when the weather is awful. It's still fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, it was. It was. The weather was hit or miss last year, but it was. Had a blast. Yeah, last year was probably one of the better. No, I thought it was one of the because the pre. I uh, know the previous year was probably the best. I didn't go that year, but like the year before that, it was like a million degrees. Oh yeah, it was. Oh, the year okay. before that, it rained. The but it, it was, was just a little cool and overcast last. But it was. Yeah. But I liked uh, last people, year. Yeah, people had a blast. Uh, I think we'll be. We're going to be in a different location. We're going to be up on the hill. Um, that's a good spot by the band mm-hmm. uh overlooking the band yeah. so we're gonna be we'll have hysteria to our left and monument to our right uh, so we're you're we'll in have good company, good company. Definitely. Yeah. so we'll have we'll have a we'll have a party <laughs> <laughs> all right well, i really want to thank you guys for uh coming all the way out to frederick from thank prince you. frederick thanks for having us <laughs> thank you um i en- great you're making amazing beer i enjoy every drop i'm able to get my hands on so gotta make sure a little a little bit more makes it onto the truck out to frederick um thank you everyone for watching and listening cheers cheers the uncapped podcast is produced by graham cullen and me chris sands be sure to like us on facebook and if you've enjoyed these podcasts please leave us a review on google play or the itunes store A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.